What's going on guys? It's Nick here, back with another video. It's Thursday, so time for another player breakdown video. This was the most requested trio of players to break down by a mile last week. And I agree that it's not only super close in just like the rankings and projections, but it's also a very important trio to break down because they all go in a range where you're looking to either grab, you know, like a really high upside running back for your bench, or maybe your last starting running back, that running back two spot, uh, maybe that flex spot, if you went wide receiver heavy, maybe tight end heavy, quarterback heavy early on. So we're going to break down AJ Dillon versus Ramondre Stevenson versus Chase Edmonds this week. And then we have one, maybe two more breakdowns left before we get into week one content, which is absolutely wild that we are this close to week one your draft is for sure closer than you think and i really don't want you guys waiting until the very last second to sign up for all in there's a bunch of content on the site but some of it does go to waste if you wait until a few hours before your draft to only use the ranking so give yourself enough time to read through it all play around with all the different tools. You'll have a great draft if you just sign up and use the rankings. That is totally fine to do, but you'll have an elite draft if you use the rankings after reading the articles, reading the player notes, asking questions in the private Discord, using the team grade tool with mock drafts using the rankings, watching the premium videos. So please, please, please sign up for all in at least a few days before your draft on my website, thefantasyfootballadvice.com. So, let's start this breakdown off with A.J. Dillon. Dillon's going to be entering his third season in the NFL and is coming off, you know, a quiet breakout season. I say quiet because I feel like most people don't think he truly broke out last season. But, you know, he had over 1,100 yards, 7 touchdowns, 34 receptions on top of that, ultimately finishing 31st in fantasy points per game among running backs to play at least like seven games because some, you know, running backs came in there with like a few games played technically at higher points per game. But, you know, among the running backs who played football last season for, you know, more than a few games, 31st in points per game, that's not bad. Jones is, of course, still there. Talking about Aaron Jones there. But the big change this offseason is, of course, Devonta Adams leaving. Adams scored 18 and 11 touchdowns in Dylan's first two seasons, and they didn't replace him with someone that can really match that production. Romeo Dubs is having a great camp. Christian Watson's a really nice prospect. Sammy Watkins is there, I suppose. But none of them are players who can replicate the production of Devonta Adams, the best wide receiver in the NFL. And so losing him is likely going to change their approach near the goal line. Aaron Rodgers ranked third with 13 passing touchdowns from inside the five-yard line last season. Five of those went to Devonta Adams, which was the fifth most in the league. The distribution of the rest of those targets was three for Lazard, two for Cobb, two for Aaron Jones, one for A.J. Dillon, one for Tunyon. And actually, that's the distribution of the touchdowns. He had more targets than that, but in terms of touchdowns from inside the five, it was Adams at the top, a little bit for Lazard and Cobb, a little bit for Jones and Dillon, and then one for Tunyon. And if we look at the rush attempts inside the five, no surprise, it's basically all broken down between Dillon and Jones. But it was 11 for Dillon, 8 for Aaron Jones, 2 for Patrick Taylor, and it was 21 total rush attempts compared to 27 pass attempts. So here's how I'm seeing things changing this season. There's still going to be a very good offense, 
losing Adams hurts, but they have Aaron Rodgers. He's really good. They still have good coaching staff. Like they're going to be really good. Vegas projections to still be like a really, really good team. And they're still going to throw the ball when they get inside the five. Like Just because they lost Devonta Adams doesn't mean, oh, every time we get close, we can't throw it anymore. They still have quality players. Aaron Rodgers is still very, very good, so they're still going to throw it. But I would imagine that overall, they lean slightly more run-heavy from inside the five since they don't have Adams on the field, and that's just like a clear mismatch. They'd get close, and it'd just be like, okay... You're seriously going to give us single coverage with Devonta Adams? Like, that's an easy play call. And even if they called a run, you quickly audible if you see single coverage for Adams on the outside. So, I again, I think they're going to be a little bit more run-heavy because they don't have that. And then even when they do pass, I would imagine that they use Aaron Jones, use A.J. Dillon on a larger share of those targets than they did before because they're the best players they kind of have on offense and they're probably going to feature them as well because of this i have dylan projected for 8.2 rushing touchdowns and 2.3 receiving touchdowns again he had five rushing and two receiving last season so these aren't like massive upgrades right he's not coming off back-to-back years with two total touchdowns and i'm giving him 10 like he had good production last season and i think we can expect to see an increase this year in terms of receiving work i also expect the running backs to be a little bit more involved overall aaron Rodgers has talked about how much he does like aj dillon in the passing game and that makes sense given that he's caught 92 percent of his career targets for an insane 9.3 yards perception that is very very good for a running back and so it makes sense that Aaron Rodgers likes from the football and it makes sense he's going to remain efficient if you saw those numbers on I would say still limited total work for Dylan over two years you see those numbers for most players and you're like okay that's going to regress and I do have that projected to regress because those are really efficient numbers I shouldn't project anyone for 92% catch rate on 9.3 yards perception right especially giving him a slight bump in total targets this season but he's going to remain efficient because, number one, he's good in that area. But number two, it's Aaron Rodgers. The quality of target coming from Aaron Rodgers is significantly better than many other teams. So that's why we can continue projecting A.J. Dillon to be efficient in the passing game. Uh, but it did drop it. I have an 84% catch rate, 9 yards per reception, just being a little bit conservative because like even those numbers, that's like really, really efficient for running back. Um even dropping his like overall efficiency there and honestly only giving him like a handful more targets this season a handful more carries his total projection comes out to 818 rushing yards 36 receptions for 324 yards 10 and a half total touchdowns and that's good enough to rank him 20th in half ppr scoring compared to an adp of the running back 23 i think he's a really really rock solid pick and he comes with upside that is a projection assuming that Aaron Jones is there for the entire season still being used. If there is ever a scenario where Aaron Jones misses a month of the season, A.J. Dillon is a locked and loaded weekly top seven or eight running back. It technically depends who's hurt, who's on by, what matchups and stuff like that. But in general, Aaron Jones goes down. A.J. Dillon is easily a mid-range running back one. So he's got an insane floor and a very high ceiling. So I like him obviously. How does that compare to Ramondre Stevenson? 
Stevenson will be entering year two, coming off a fairly productive rookie season. Didn't start off fantastic, but you know he closed the season really well. He gained 729 total yards, scored five touchdowns, averaged 4.6 yards per carry, 8.8 yards perception, and he showed flashes of what his ceiling could be. Again, I said he started slow, 25 carries and five total receptions through week eight. That is 30 touches through week eight. That's not a lot. But from week nine on, he averaged 13 and a half carries per game, one and a half targets per game, getting 75 yards per game with two multi-touchdown games. And then he continued that production into the playoffs. Again, didn't you know let the world on fire in the playoffs, but in their one playoff game where they got stomped on 23 snaps, he caught four balls for 33 yards. And that right there is kind of like the case for Stevenson this season. He was solid last season, but we saw what he could be if they give him some workload or more workload on the ground, if they shift some of this rushing touchdown production, these carries inside the 10-yard line over from Harris, who had 15 last season, to Stevenson, if they give him the James White role, he's capable. He's good in the receiving game. He's electric when you give him the ball in space. He's a really, really good running back. You have no idea on third downs if he's on the field, if he's going to catch the ball or run the ball. He's a mismatch. He's a very good running back. And again, we saw glimpses of it last season when Harris missed a little bit of time, when they'd give him the workload on the, on the ground. Like he, he clearly was capable of a large workload on the ground. And when they finally would give him targets, he would produce with them. He never was able to put it all together because he never got that volume. They had other running backs on the field. They just didn't really need to feature him last season. Can that change this season? Because if it does, he's got a lot of upside. Ultimately, though, Harris is still there, at least right now. Now, theoretically, he could be traded away. I don't think that's going to happen now that uh, White has retired. Uh, they like their backups. They like Strong. They like Ty Montgomery. But realistically... They would like to enter the season with both Harris and Stevenson. So he's going to be there. And while we know that Stevenson's capable in the receiving game, we don't know the exact extent they're going to use him in. We think he's going to take over the James White role. We think they're going to expand his role. We don't know for a fact. So right now, I do have Harris and Stevenson splitting the carries with Harris getting a larger share of the touchdowns. I hope that changes. But right now, that's kind of what we should expect. But for Stevenson, of course, to more than like triple Harris and targets and account for a much larger touchdown share. We know for a fact that Harris is not having the receptions, but I do still have to give a little bit to Strong, a little bit to Ty Montgomery. So my final projection for Stevenson is 760 rushing yards, 38 receptions for 313 yards, and 8.7 total touchdowns. That gives him a final running back ranking of the running back 24 and half PPR scoring and is a good chunk behind A.J. Dillon, which is an outcome that I do agree with. You all know that I love Stevenson. I love him as a player. I love his upside. But you know, there have been some issues with the Patriots' new offense in camp. They are changing to, like, a new offensive scheme. The goal is honestly to, like, simplify it for the players. But right now, they're struggling in camp, both in the passing game and the receiving game. And it's definitely possible that even if they close the season strong, that they start off a little bit slow. And while both running backs, Dylan and Stevenson, are in line for increases to their workload, with maybe Stevenson seeing more of that increase... I trust the Packers offense more than the Patriots. And since both of them have league winning upside, if their backfield partner were to go down, 
I feel good trusting the projections here and siding with Dylan over Stevenson in all formats. Though, it's worth noting that they're both ranked a good chunk ahead of their ADP. Like Both of them are significant values in the rankings, and if you're using the rankings, you're very likely to end up with one of them or maybe even both of them, and I'm cool with that. I think both are really good mid-round running back picks if you're looking at running back in this range. We still have one more, though, and that's Chase Edmonds. Edmonds will be entering his fifth season in the NFL, and while an early down workload has never really been in the cards for him, there's optimism that it could be this season. His carry totals by year, 60, 60, 97, then 116, with rushing yards per game over his career increasing from 13 to 23 to 28 to 49 last season. So he showed last season he can be used on the ground. And for as much as people like to say that you know he'll never get that early down workload, it's honestly not true. As per Scott Barrett, James Conner and Chase Edmonds played nine games together last season where they both played more than one snap because Edmonds had that one snap game or got hurt. We don't want to include a one snap game in our numbers here. In those games, Edmonds only averaged two fewer rush attempts per game than James Conner, but he had over three more targets per game, over 25 more total yards per game, and slightly more fantasy points per game. Edmonds is a quality running back, and that's why Miami gave him two years, $12 million contract with $6 million guaranteed, easily the highest paid running back on the roster. So the question becomes, how many carries are they going to give him? And right now, I think that's still a bit of an unknown. We know that he's going to have a large role in the passing game, and he's going to have that role on lock. They don't bring him in here knowing what kind of running back he is. He's best in the passing game and not use him in that area. That's going to happen. And we do know that he's learning this new blocking system. So apparently, throughout his career so far, even dating back into college, he's been running behind a very specific blocking scheme for the offensive line of run plays. And apparently, Miami has a different blocking system. So he's kind of learning that. And we also know that they still want to use Raheem Moster when he's healthy. And they want to keep him healthy. We know Mostert is not a player also that teams are going to give, you know, 200 carries. That's not going to happen for Raheem Mostert. So, and they know that. So they're going to give Mostert some carries. They're going to give Edmonds some carries. I don't know, honestly, who's the number three right now. We're going to find that out more in the preseason when we see cuts. But there'll be a third running back that is probably going to mix in. But aside from that information, we have learned very little about their plans for their early down split. And because of that... I've opted to be somewhat conservative in the projections. I've given them 159 carries, 4.9 rushing touchdowns. That feels fair. It's a 36% share of the carries, a 29% share of the rushing touchdowns. He could certainly come in under these numbers, but I think there's a chance that, you know, he could have a pretty large workload on the ground and he could explode past these numbers. And then I gave him a 9% target share, which also seems extremely fair. Hill waddle they're going to dominate the targets in this passing offense but again they signed Edmonds for a reason they know that that's his specialty they're going to use him in the passing game so ultimately his final projection comes out to 749 rushing yards 46 receptions for another 330 yards and 7.6 total touchdowns that gives him a final running back ranking and half ppr scoring of the running back 28 compared to an adp of 29 so a very slight discount i think where he's going if you get him at a deal you can draft him. It also comes out a few points behind Stevenson and half PPR scoring, and I agree with that outcome as well. Edmonds 
technically has the clearer path to like being featured, right? They brought him over in free agency. They don't have a ton of talent and some of the talent that they have is often injured. Like there's a chance that he has, you know, all this early down workload plus receiving workload. But I would be skeptical of expecting that. And realistically, the 159 carries I gave him, maybe that is a little bit higher than like his average. If you simulated the season a bunch of times, maybe he should be closer to like 145. And I think because I've been like, I guess somewhat generous there. I mean, I still think we're, we're being cautious and not projecting him for like 200 carries because then he'd go through the roof. But, you know, 159 carries would still be his high for his career. And so given that we've done that, looking at the Stevenson projection and being like, listen, I mean, he could be used way more than I'm expecting in the passing game, even potentially matching Chase Edmonds in that area if they give him the full James White role. And so I like the rankings. I really do think A.J. Dillon's that best combination of floor and ceiling. We just know what we're going to get with him. We know the offense is good. We know they want to lean on running backs. Like, it's just so guaranteed. So I think he's the best pick. But if I'm picking a second running back from this grouping, I just do feel better about Ramondre Stevenson. I feel better about that path load to being featured. I feel better about the touchdown potential, given that Edmonds has really never been a touchdown scorer in his career. And I just feel more comfortable drafting him then Edmonds. So the final ranking again, AJ Dillon, then Stevenson, then Edmonds. And I want to note, it doesn't matter the scoring format. If you look on the screen, I'll put it up there. But for those of you on the podcast, it's very, very close between Stevenson and Edmonds in full PPR. But again, Stevenson does win by a hair. And I really do think in any format, this is the ranking that I would take them in. So That'll do it for this week's breakdown. Please let me know what trio of players you want to see me go over next week and upvote the responses that you agree with. Also, please sign up for All In Access on my website today. Do not wait until the last second to grab your rankings because you're not going to get all the value that comes with it before your draft. Do a mock draft. See how the team grade tool likes different builds. Ask questions in the premium discord. Read the strategy articles watch the premium videos, and read through all the player notes. If you do that and you have access to rankings specific to your scoring format and roster settings, you're going to gain a massive edge over the field. So I'll be back tomorrow to go over the worst pick in every round, Saturday to go over the latest news around the league, and then Sunday to go over my favorite wide receivers to draft on Underdog. That, my friends, is the end of this one. Hope you all enjoy if you did. How about hitting the like button and how about subscribing to the channel if you're new here? Thanks for watching.